Some of you know that I've often said I'm from the south side of heaven. You have people inside the Senate. You have people that are supposed to be on your side. Make the decision to live and die on your turn. You are not wrong. That Biden was about everything. The border, the elections. I remember America and the American gun owner are the only things standing in the way of the Great Reset. Who's got the teaching aid? You know where I'm going with this. We are fighting a war against principalities. We are fighting a war against evil. I pray that we get to look into the eyes of every single child in this country proudly, that those children can look back and be proud of us, knowing that yes. we fought for them. Men, I don't talk with empty words. Those teaching aids, those are called balls. Gentlemen, I've given you back your balls. You only got one? Improvise. God's given us a chance to make it right. He's created a remnant for a reason. You are the remnant. I want you to know we're winning. God is with us. And in the end, we know how this ends. Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I am your host, Joe Oltman. We um, are going to take a break from the election fraud because, frankly, right now it's... Um, it's, it's going to heat up over the next couple of days. It's going to get really, 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 really hot in Colorado. We have uh, journalists all over the country are trying to figure out what the next move is. Like, what, what is Tina Peters going to do? What are the other candidates in Colorado going to do? And just to give you guys a, a, a basic update of what went we went through this morning, and then, you know, obviously... Uh, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have, we have a special guest on today, and um, this is a guest that has taught me a lot, and I've only talked to him a couple times, and we had him on the show, but I'm going to, but I want to talk to you about the, the, what the candidates are doing really quickly, and what, what happened in the, what the thing we did this morning, is that we uncovered the election fraud that's happening in Colorado. They stole all the top line tickets from every Republican candidate in the primary in Colorado. They stole every one of them, and we found a county, a Garfield County, Garfield County literally had, they swapped the votes. They literally swapped Tina's for, for uh, Pam Anderson. So it, they didn't just take one person's votes. They took everyone's votes. They took everyone's votes. Guys, I don't, I don't know why the camera looks like it's actually tilting me, but it's tilting my head on the camera because the camera is lopsided. So maybe we can get in here and fix it so it doesn't look like I'm leaning. Now I have to lean like this just to be straight, <laughs> straight up. Um, so, so we're we, we're going to get into the election fraud. We're going to spend a lot of time on it over the next couple weeks, um, and we've got some legal maneuverings that's, that is happening right now, and we've got some stuff that we're doing inside the community. Uh, people are sick of this. People are are literally lining up. The the phones are off the hook. That. People are making phone calls, and they're emailing, and they're texting, and they're like, this is garbage. People that, by the way, have been silent up until this point. And I'm um, talking about the corruption inside the GOP, the state GOP, and that uh, these people have to go. And so I, I just, uh, but we're going to take a break, and we're going to talk about what I think is, uh, man. Let's go ahead and bring, bring Scott Shar uh, um, on the phone, on the uh, call. Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me again, Joe. You, you know, it's it's difficult for me to have you on. I'm going to have people, you tell people about yourself, but it's difficult to have you on with me because 
I want to get fired up for you. I mean, I wanted to get off the show and literally light up everyone that murdered your daughter. And you said, Joe, I had to ask for forgiveness. And I, I don't, I'm not you. And so forgiveness for me is, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's deep. Like I have to feel it. And I'm just not sure that if I was in your shoes that I would have as much uh, grace and commitment and uh, faith. And it, it shook me a little bit. Actually, it still shook me, but it, it's helped me in a lot of ways. So I do want to thank you. But um, tell everyone a little bit about you um, and kind of what's going on. And then we just want to jump right into um, what's happening. Well, thank God, don't thank me, because you know the, the forgiveness that I experienced, he, he did it all. I never even asked. It just he, he must have known I was going to um, get a fire in my belly to tell this story and research and I mean, you can't be out there as an angry dad yeah it doesn't it's not going to represent him the way that they should so um you know I, I you know just a little bit about me i i'm 59 years old i'm grace's dad uh i own a business in wisconsin i have not been working in the business since taking on the story i basically turned everything over to my guys because i don't have time I'm working 90 to 100 hours a week on Grace's story. Um, you know, a lot has a lot has happened. We can get caught up on, you know, her story. You can look on her website, you know, so we don't have to rehash the story and take up the time with that. Uh, her website is ouramazinggrace.net. The story is well documented there. You can look at the last time you and I were on together. We did. We went through the story there but you know the new stuff that has happened maybe the biggest thing that happened to me inside which uh, i have come to the conclusion you know you called it murder which you know it, that took a long time for me to come to that conclusion and since we talked last i've come to the conclusion that i believe grace's death was premeditated murder and there's uh, a few things that put me over the top uh, one is that uh, I looked at Presidex, which was a sedation drug they used on Grace with a lot more seriousness and found that uh, I had remembered Grace's death certificate but hadn't looked at it for seven months and on her death certificate it says that her immediate cause of death is acute respiratory failure with hypoxemia. Well, that's directly caused by the use of Presidex more than 24 hours. It says right on the package insert that infusions greater than 24 hours, uh, the reactions include uh, ARDS, which is acute respiratory distress syndrome, respiratory failure, and agitation. And another side effect of Presidex is hypoxemia. So, I mean, that was the direct cause of death. So, I mean, that that is a significant fact that I had overlooked when I had gone through the records the first time. And, of course, her second cause of death on the death certificate is COVID-19 pneumonia, so they could get their bonus. But the, the next thing that happened is this combination of meds that we talked about the first time, I learned that there was a couple more steps that they had to go through in order to execute the the drugs the doctor ordered. And specifically, the pharmacist of the, for the hospital had to sign off on the order. And because the meds were contraindicated, they had to override the alarm. So that just is unconscionable to me. So they I mean that took it to that thing. There's a, that sequence of events had to be premeditated because there's too many things in a row. Um, and then the the last thing is that we learned that the doctor put the illegal DNR on Grace eight minutes after they had taken Grace's Presidex. Remember, 
Presidex is only supposed to use for 24 hours. They use it for four full days before her last day. At 10.48 in the morning, they took it up to 14 times the dose they started her on. And eight minutes later, they put the illegal DNR on her, um, which one of the attorneys said that he believes that they did that because in order to accomplish their goal, which they had come to believe was to take Grace out, um, they had to get that DNR in place. So that's that's big inside of me. That isn't big to anybody listening. But what, why we keep sharing this story is what's big to everybody listening, which is, um, and I'll just share this kind of in a funny way, but it isn't funny at all because the, the man who, had, who said this, I thought, my gosh, this is exactly right. He said, it, it's not safe to get hit by a car anymore. And the reason it's not safe to get hit by a car is because when you get hit by a car, you're taken to the hospital in, in an ambulance and you've lost control. You do not know what's going to happen. And so what took Grace out isn't the typical things that were done with COVID. This is going to survive COVID. So these end of life meds, um, morphine, lorazepam, Presidex, and, and an illegal DNR, this is going to become the standard of care in the United States. It's already the state sanctioned standard of care in the UK. And this is what's coming because there's a huge agenda and it's way bigger than anything I would have ever thought of. And that's what we're working on now is the is our research is pointing to worldwide genocide. And this is how they're going to do it in hospitals. Of course, they have way more tools than just hospitals. But what we experience with Grace is going to be the standard of care in the United States before long. So, and, and I remember going back in time and they said slippery slope as it relates to abortion, they're going to want to abort children after they're born. And, and that's what's become the standard now. You can actually abort a child up to the date of birth. You could walk in at nine months pregnant, water broke, and say, just kill the baby, right? So it, it used to be that we valued uh, the sanctity of life and now we don't. And it's gotten even worse because man's law has replaced God's law or even natural law. Um, or the natural, the, the things that you would naturally want to protect. Um, but I want to put up this picture of Grace, and I want to give people um, that maybe don't remember uh, Grace just a just the light that she was. So this is Grace with her kitty cat. She liked cats. Um, we have another picture of Grace uh, as a Girl Scout. Do we have that picture, Mr. Producer? Here, I'll give it to you. Um, but um, you know, it's I, I'm. I'm always touched by the, the, just the, I mean, just the way you describe Grace as far as she was always happy. Um, I know that we sat around as a group and we talked about Grace probably for three or four days after, like, hey, how's Scott doing? How's Scott doing? Um, I was pretty mad for those three or four days. I had to go home and talk to my wife and she's like, man, maybe you should take Scott's advice. Um, so... Well, this isn't my advice, it's God's advice. So that, that cat picture, I just have to tell you, you know, Grace had quite a sense of humor. Yeah. And so I told her when, you know, she, she got her first cat, and I said, Grace, I'm allergic to cats. And she said, well, how do you know you're allergic to cats? I said, well, because every time a cat walks in front of me, my right leg goes up uncontrollably. And uh, <laughs> she, just, she, she just loved that. <laughs> yes. uh, she did. So last night I found, you know, I, I, yeah, she just, uh, uh, last night I found the fake snake. She had, she always had, she had a fake snake and fake poop, and she would hide these things on you, and I found the fake snake last night. Oh my gosh, it just brought back that memory. She was, she was just the, she was the greatest kid you could ever have. 
So thanks for sharing those pictures. Um, so, so, so Grace, you know, I think the, the one thing that amazed me is that you were not going to let her, her death happen in vain. You were going to pursue and make sure there was accountability. And as you've dug, it, it hasn't gotten just to the accountability part. It's gotten actually scarier than that um, because it appears as you, as you walk through this that, that this is not just a standard of care, but that there's more to tell. There's more in this story to tell that has happened um, since then that points to some pretty nefarious activity, including a smoking gun. Well, yeah, I mean, this has gotten so much bigger than Grace's story. And, you know, as far as the accountability piece, that's now, since we talked last, that's now uh, got traction. Tom Renz uh, and his team have taken on Grace's case. We had the first two meetings. Um, so we're several weeks away from from that, the first step in the case. But they're working on it now every day, which is, which is nice. So now... That piece, you know, I, I thought there was going to be an accountability piece of this, and you know, because Tom convinced me to do that, uh, we're not after any money, but Tom convinced me to pursue the accountability because it's the, he said it's the way we can stop behaviors like this in our society. So of course that's, you know, we we thought the most important thing is get the message out, but the accountability piece I think is what is, you know, God opened up the door, we're walking through it, and I think it's wise to do it. Um, but what's gone on since, you know, this research just keeps getting more egregious and more egregious. And I'll just start with the end because you, you mentioned about man's way. So what is man's way? You know, it's always opposite of God's way. So God said, be fruitful and multiply. Right. So does that mean that God was, con was he concerned? Did he know ahead of time that the earth is going to get to 8 million people? I mean, of course, he he's got this. You know, he didn't he didn't send us an addendum to the Bible that said, "Okay, stop now. We got enough." You know, he said, "Be fruitful and multiply." But what is what has man done? So man said, "No, we have to manage the population," which is very logical if you don't believe in God. But they have codified this logic in Agenda Twenty One and Agenda Twenty Thirty, which guys like you have known about for years. You know, I. I'm just a dumb dad. I I started with an unhealth or with a healthy distrust for the government, um, but now I have gone from a healthy distrust to the government is totally corrupt. There's not a thing that they say that we should believe, and you know they're they're all on board with implementing this agenda 2030. And you mentioned about abortion, so just apply this to to grace. So I believe Grace was taken out by genocide. And I don't think it's just genocide against Down syndrome kids. I mean, it, it, when I first stumbled across this, that's what I thought, but it's way bigger. You know, it, it's a worldwide genocide to really anybody, you know, it's gonna be, of course, Christians, the unvaccinated. It's already, they started with the disabled and the elderly. So how did, how were they able to pull this off? Where it's statistically, the disabled and the elderly were significantly more likely to die in a, in a hospital if they went into the hospital with COVID. In the in the disabled women, it's 11 times more likely to die. Well, what's the reason? Um, and so a, a few weeks ago, I was introduced to a term called the banality of evil. Have you ever heard of that, Joe? Yes. 
Yes, I have. So that helped me really understand this. So the banality of evil means the commonplace evil. So evil is so commonplace, we don't even recognize it. So you mentioned about the slippery slope. So for four or five decades, we've had, um, when, a, when a woman gets pregnant, she, the doctor encourages her to get an amnio. If the amnio shows that the child's gonna be disabled, they're encouraged to abort the child. 67% of Down syndrome um, kids are already aborted in the United States. In some countries, they've eliminated them 100%. Uh, what do we do with the elderly under the banality of evil? The elderly, when I was a kid, you took care of your parents, but that's no longer the case. Your parents get put into a nursing home, and that's become the standard of care. So this banality of evil is already commonplace with the disabled and the elderly. So now when COVID hits, and they have an excuse to implement what they've already set in motion for five decades. Um, the people taking care of the elderly and disabled, they really don't think of them as anything but disposable because it's been set up through the banality of evil for so long. So it's no surprise that this happened. And this is this has now become, you know, where our research is going. We're comparing Nazi Germany to today right now. And we're expecting to have that done next week where we're going to announce that comparison. But, you know, it doesn't take a lot to, to figure it out. Um, Hitler convinced the the Jew, or the, the um, Germans that the Jews were the problem. Okay, Biden back in, in December said the unvaccinated are the problem. So the unvaccinated shouldn't, he said specifically, the unvaccinated shouldn't get the same standard of care in the hospitals as the vaccinated. So what is going on? How can society accept that? You know, it's hard to grasp. No, it's, 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 and, and, and we've talked about that comparison to Nazi Germany as far as just the, the, the playbook that they're using right now, the evil playbook. And people are like, it can't be possible, it can't be possible. Well, the devil only has one playbook. He only has one playbook. He has, only, he has only one thing that he can do. And he always has to tell you what he's about to do. And so we see the evil in our society telling us that they're, what they're about to do. They're telling us. They're right telling on. us that they're killing us. They're telling us that they're going to feed us something that they have no idea what the outcome will be. T they're telling us that they're going to steal elections and they're going to murder people and cut off food supply and make things very difficult on people. They're saying it up front. And here we are in that position and we're surprised. But a lot of people still have their head in the sand and are just ignoring the biblical nature, just the, the principalities that we're fighting against right now. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's really scary really scary. But I'm going to really quickly do an ad read. Uh, so this podcast brought to you by Air Medcare Network. Um, if you're in a rural area, it's hard to reach. Or if you like to hike or you, you frankly, you spend a lot of time on the road, health insurance won't always cover you at the cost of an, America, or excuse me, an emergency medical flight. God forbid it ever happened to you. But with Air Medcare Network, you're covered for as little as $85 a year. Your whole household will be covered. There are no deductibles in case you ever need to be air medically transported. There's also a secondary one that if you are in a different state, they can fly you back uh, to the state so you don't have a, a, as heavy a burden on your family getting to you. So if you use promo code daily um, and you go to airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily and use promo code daily, you receive up to a $50 e-gift card when you sign up today. I've been a member for the last year and a half. So go to airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily and use promo code daily. You know, the, at the end of 
World War II, the Nuremberg Code was put into place. And, and so one of the conclusions I reached, which is a logical conclusion, is the Nuremberg Code was destined to fail because that was still man putting together a set of rules versus, you know, you can't, you've never been able to legislate morality. It's always a heart condition. So right. that was obviously destined to fail. And people are calling for an, another um, Nuremberg to take place. And, you know, that will fail also unless God's involved this time. Well, we've seen some encouraging things come out of the Supreme Court, which are which are highly unlikely, um, having to do with life. Roe versus Wade was overturned. Um, Supreme Court uh, reaffirmed the the right to be able to carry a concealed weapon inside of New York, which also has ramifications across the country because they were been trying to withhold that in different states as well. Um, right. And then and then the third of which um, is the to be able to pray on the field. And yes. uh, uh, opponents have said, well, this is a, a, this is a clear violation of, of and, and articles have been written by really stupid people, by the way, who I'm going to call them stupid because you have to be really ignorant not to understand that it's not a separation between government and church or school and church, that that's not in the Constitution. Separation between church and state is not the Constitution. It's based on a letter written by Thomas Jefferson. And so it doesn't have the same effects of agreement that we have all had. And interpreted, you're, you should have the freedom, First Amendment freedom, to, to pray on the field. Pray wherever you want. They should never have the ability to take away your ability to do something related to worshiping God. But that's exactly what they've done. And, and so, but they talk about the separation between government and, and church. And uh, we find ourselves in this really weird place where when they speak about, when, when, when the devil speaks about sensibilities, you know, man's law versus, or, or natural law, or God's law versus man's law, God's law makes sense. Man's law doesn't make sense at all. If you, if you make stuff up, it doesn't make sense. And yet right. we're supposed to just agree with it. We're just supposed to say, yeah, no problem. And so as we make the, the comparisons to Nazi Germany, everyone's like, well, you can't, you can't compare it to Nazi Germany. But it repeats itself. You know, they say that history repeats itself, or you're bound to repeat it if you don't study history. And I feel like that, that's exactly where we are right now. So I'm really excited to, to have found this bank, uh, Axos Bank. They opened on Independence Day uh, in 2000. They're not crumbling brick and mortar. They're a fully digital bank built on the bedrock of American traditions. Take a look at the rewards checking account where you can earn their highest interest rate. It's a, it's a big one. Listeners can get $150 bonus when you open, um, open, open up an, an account by July 31st. Big rewards from banks that believe that the freedom to do business without compromise or values. Amazing, right? So go to axosbank.com daily for full details. That's axos.com daily. For all the cash bonus, all you need is $1,500 direct deposit in the first three months of opening your reward checking account. Axos Bank is federally insured, member FDIC, and they're for us, all of us. AxosBank.com slash daily. Go check them out. And I actually think it's substantially worse. It's just there's more people blind this time around. Um, you know, last time, you know, the majority of the world saw what was going on and and they were woken up. Now the majority of the world is blind. You know, Satan Satan also knows God wins. Uh, yeah. So he has a different goal in mind. His goal is to steal souls. Uh, he knows he can't 
can't win this. I mean, he he knows the the Bible better than any any man. Uh, so I mean, he knows what the end is. But I mean, his he has a completely different goal. So, so I was looking through some of the documents that came over. You're absolutely right. I was looking through some of the documents that came over, and um, we we we've talked a little bit about this smoking gun, right? The eight minutes yes. that changed our lives, and this is. Um, this is a document, Mr. Producer, if we can put this up, I want to put this up, that it is A6. And this is an Affinity Health System report, live discharge report, that goes through all the information related to uh, Grace's stay at the, at the hospital. And why don't you just explain this to me? Yeah, so the significance of this document is way bigger than this page. We'll go through that page last, but how this came about is... Tom Renz hired a medical malpractice nurse who she reviewed all the records that I had um, that I had put on the website and everything that I studied. And then she said to me, Scott, you're missing at least a thousand pages. And I said, well, how can that be? I requested everything. And, and she said, well, that's what they do. And so I said, well, can you write up a records request so we can get these remaining pages? So she did, and we got 948 pages. And you saw that was page 853. And that showed the exact time of when the doctor put the DNR order on Grace. And, you know, as I said in, in my open, that that was eight minutes after they had increased the dose of Presidex 14 times. You know, so it's, it's very suspect. And what makes it even more suspect, if you combine that that page with the doctor's report for Grace's last day on this earth. Every time he did a report, he did it at shift change, which was at seven o'clock. So these, all these reports are date and time stamped as far as when they're dictated and when they're transcribed. Well, that particular day, he did his report at 1257. You know, so the hospital claims that, um, that my wife put a DNR on Grace, that she's agreed to a DNR. She's the only one that could have because she had medical power of attorney. Why well, was with her during the phone call? You know, so they claim, well, you guys have this discussion with the doctor and you agreed to a DNR. Well, the reality is if we would have agreed to a DNR, the next step the doctor would have said during the phone call is, since you want a DNR on Grace, the next step is we need to have it signed. And what makes it so strange is, of course, he never did that because we never agreed to a DNR. But what makes it so strange is that there was, as the medical malpractice nurse pointed out, there was so much time available. If they really want to stand on this idea that you agreed to a DNR, they already know a state statute requires that to be signed. And he, already, he did his report early that day. So, I mean, he did his report early that day, so why not call us in and say, hey, can you guys come down and sign the DNR that you agreed to? Well, what, of course he wouldn't, because we never agreed to it. We would have said, what are you talking about? We didn't agree to any DNR. Okay, so, but on on this, as we go through the timeline and we look at the timeline, um, yes. that, that these are, and, and I'm, by the way, I looked for the report. I don't have the report the 948 pages. So I don't have those 948 pages. I would have reviewed them if I had sure. them. So, so this uh, is right from, from, so this, this particular thing, just to go through it, you'll see that it says code status, no code. Yes. So this particular page is specifically documenting when did the doctor put the DNR on grace. So you'll see 1013, which is grace's last day on earth. It said, um, no code 1056 
ordering Dr. Gavin Chokar. So you see that he put the DNR order in the computer and then signed it at 10.56. And then the nurse, McGinnis, at 11.08 acknowledged the DNR. Um, so, I mean, this, this just is the smoking gun, not just. I mean, it is, it's the proof that the doctor is the one who put the DNR in the computer and signed it. We didn't do any DNR. So the so doctor, this is, this the doctors. The audit, this is the audit trail. So, so what? How is the hospital responding to all this? I mean, how are they? Are it's they all just back back in December? We had so we concluded already on November eighth that the hospital killed Grace. But at that point, we just thought it's malpractice. It's a, it's just an exception. You know, how could somebody kill? So we we wrote everything up, sent it to them, and requesting a meeting and they wrote back on December 2nd that we're not going to meet with you we're going to send a letter so then we had, had sent them all the research at that time and they responded to the research in this letter but one of the research things is you know how could you put a DNR on Grace and you know they made the excuse that well the doctor had conversations with you and your wife and you agreed to this and and so let's just assume that happened verbatim the way the hospital said it yeah. The fact is, is the legal requirement then is three things that are egregious. One is you got to, I mean, the DNR has to be signed. It's the most important document you could ever have. So, of course, it has to be signed. Second, they're both supposed to put a bracelet on Grace that announces it to the world that she's DNR. Well, of course, they didn't do that because my daughter, Jessica, would have been on the phone with me two seconds later, said, Dad, what's going on? They have a DNR bracelet on Grace. I, then I would have said, well, I don't, what are you talking about? And we would have stopped that. But course they didn't do that and then third and, and worst is that when when we were on the phone screaming for grace's life to be saved and they said to us she's dnr which we that's the first we knew she's dnr and we said she's not dnr save our daughter they refuse which is against they can't refuse they can't refuse but they did they refused to come into that room and save her okay so and so but the document you showed is just simply the audit trail as to how this took place, and it proves it. So have you filed a lawsuit against uh, Gavin Shokar for murder? Because you can Tom file. Renz and, yeah. Tom Renz and his team are working through exactly how the suit is going to be filed right now. So I'm not expecting anything for about two to three weeks. We have weekly meetings now. Um, they requested another batch of records. So they want to have everything in their possession before before the next step is announced. Well, okay, so I, I'm, not, I'm not a lawyer, didn't play one on TV, um, but I, I do study a lot of the legal stuff. And the more I got into this, this whole um, legal lawsuit with um, this lawfare that I'm involved in, um, you, you know that there's a, there's a saying, just sue everyone. Sue the right. nurses, sue the doctors, sue the hospital, uh, sue the person that parks the cars up front. You sue everyone individually to force them into a place where they flip. Correct. And so, I, I mean, I'm hoping that that's what Thomas rents. I'm actually going to pick up a phone and call him after this, after this interview. Yeah. Um, that would be great. I, I hope that that's the, the process because... When we start looking at what they did, and the, and the interesting part about about 
this piece of paper is that it, it is a timeline of murdering grace. I mean, I, I don't see it any other, I can't see it any other way. There's well, people I, not. I agree. Yeah. Go ahead. That piece of paper was one of the three things that put me over the top when now I'm, I'm uh, saying that I believe Grace's death is premeditated murder because, you know, with that and then the the med combination where the sign-offs had to happen and then this precedent, it just, it's too much. There's too many there's too many things that happened in a row that uh, it, it had to be orchestrated. So, so I look at this stuff, and, and frankly, I, I need to, to say something to you. The, the, they have mastered, the, the devil itself has mastered the part where they look like they actually care. They look like they're, they're a caring person, but down below, they're just a murderer. They've mastered it. I, mean, I, had, I had this conversation with a, a journalist yesterday, um, and I said, hey, look, you, you look like you're, you know, and you're just in the middle. And he smiled at me, and I was like, but you're really not, are you? He goes, well, we're paid to look like we don't have an opinion. And I was like, yeah, you mean you're paid to lie. And that's the problem with yeah. these doctors is that you, you can't see through the facade of, of the, the sociopathy or the psychopathy that, that you're dealing with. And, um, you know, this, this at, at some point, you should have been able to stop them from killing Grace, but they were complicit. It's like the Nuremberg trials. It, they, they literally went along with the doctor. They didn't do anything. Nobody did anything to help you save your daughter. <sighs> it, I mean, I'm, I know you'd be familiar with the Milgram obedience experiment, and that, that really helped connect the dots for me. You know, the Adolf Eichmann trial really um, gave a glimpse as to the human condition without God. And the Milgram obedience experiment um, really helped me understand how this could even happen. Because you think, it is a human life. How could you just exterminate a human life? And um, it is, that experiment showed that you know people would, just based on the premise that an authority figure told them to kill somebody, two-thirds of the participants uh, I mean, obviously it was an experiment, so the person didn't die, but the, the participants didn't know it was an experiment, and they they took the voltage to the point of killing the other person in two-thirds of the, of the situations. That's hard to grasp, and that was simply for answering questions incorrectly. You know, how can this be? But, I mean, that is the human condition without God. Well, there, there was an article that was written. Mr. Producer, put this up if you would. A1. This is by the uh, Epic Times. Um, it's genocide. Family alleges ominous conclusion in seeking answers to the daughter's death. Um, and, and uh, you know, th this goes through. The, the, I mean, th this accompanies and talks a lot about what happened when your, when your daughter died. And it ties it back to people being forced to take vaccines and that uh, Grace was given a... Uh, a lethal combination of, of drugs that would never be anxiety medication, sedative, and morphine that would never be given to anyone. Now, this was, this was just published on June 19th, but it was added to on June 20, uh, 27th. And uh, they, they went through and tried to get information from people in the doctor, and the doctors wouldn't even talk to them, or anyone in the hospital for that matter. 
That's correct. I mean, I can't say enough positive about the Epic Times. That's the second article they've done for for our story. Um, this particular one is is so well done. You know, they they connected the dots. Um, they haven't taken it to worldwide genocide yet, but that isn't what I was interviewed for for that article. You know, that's and I just you know I feel like I have a responsibility to shout this from the rooftops, um, and you know, to hopefully a few people get awoken by it, and you know hopefully Christians get awoken by it. I was listening to a sermon earlier this week, and you know, the pastor said uh, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And his question that he poses, what happened to the person with one talent who did nothing? Which, you know, that's, that's where most Christians are sitting. You know, if you, if you uh, take the time to believe what you are talking about, what I'm talking about, that has to change your life. If it doesn't change your life, you're the person with one talent, assuming you're a Christian. Otherwise, it has to change your life at a minimum you should be sharing this with your neighbor. That's your minimum responsibility. Um, but I mean, just because you have this comfortable life doesn't stop the fact that you have an obligation. Uh, well, and, and I say to people all the time, and this is just getting off the subject. I mean, obviously, it, I, it, that what is life about if it's not challenging the evil in our society and making the world better for future generations? What's life about? Is, is it about sitting on the couch and eating and going to have dinner and playing and, and personal gratification and comfort? I mean, is that really what the test of life is? Because if it is, I, I don't really think I want anything to do with it. I mean, if that's all it's about is that you, do, you live your life for yourself and then you die, it's a, it's a pretty miserable ex existence, even if it is comfortable, in my opinion. Right. Well, I don't think it's just your opinion. That's God's opinion. And I... I, I can speak from experience. I mean, having grace in our life, I mean, we were comfortable. Uh, you know, I thought that my life was about making sure that we have everything set up to take care of grace after Cindy and I were gone. Uh, so, I mean, I, that's what I perceived. Of course, I was wrong. And, you know, I'm awake now, and I'm encouraging other people to get awake. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's by far and away the majority of people do something about it. So that would tell me that you're really not awake because this is this is big time what's happening um, you know not you know you're you were talking at the beginning of the show about election fraud that's big time this whole election fraud thing is is real you know everybody wants to sweep it under the rug and move move on how can you sweep this under the rug you cannot do that it's impossible to sweep it under the rug because it happened and it changes everything uh, and this happened to grace it changes everything and it's real i mean this is grace's case is not an anomaly with the other uh, uh, down syndrome uh, girl that was referenced in the article that came out of a lady reaching out to us because she heard grace's story so i encouraged you know when the epic times got a hold of me to do this article i said you know i'd really like to have you talk with this lady too because her story collaborates Grace's story because they put an illegal DNR on her Down syndrome daughter also. And so I knew Grace's case wasn't the first one, but here we had somebody reach out and they thankfully got a hold of her for the story too and then were able to document it in, in the Epic Times story. So, so Scott, once you see, you can't unsee. 
and I, perfectly and, said. And, and I think that this is this is the part that I, I encourage people to understand. This is why people, by the way, are not waking up at maybe the same pace that we, we want them to. That most people can see it, but they don't want to acknowledge it. Because if they acknowledge it, they have to live it. They have to wake up every single day, and they have to know the innate evil that they live in, and they would feel compelled to do something about it. I mean, it's a... I think that's right on. If you believe something, it has to cause an action. And, you know, it's it's the action that, I mean, people are not dumb. You see, oh, my gosh, if I believe this all the way, this is what I've got to do. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's um, the, and the actions that you need to take and what we're talking about are, are fairly severe. Well, we, we've we've talked about all the things that are that are plaguing us right now, and and I don't I don't think that, you know, I was I was talking to someone about um, <laughs> I was talking to someone about the insurrection on January sixth, like the the thing that they said was an insurrection, and again, I I know we're we're deviating a little bit, but we're really not because it all is one chain to the same linked fence of the evil that we face in our society. And he goes, well, Trump had a noose that was out there on January 6th and he was gonna hang Mike Pence. Somebody said that to me. And I was like, where in the world did you get that? And he took me to a website that was tied back to the CNN that said that there was a noose hanging for, for Pence. And I go, that never happened. That never happened. But CNN gets to lie and cheat and steal and use propaganda that they're putting in front of just those people, enlightening them about things. And the same thing goes for, you know, Grace's story. They're, they're suppressing the First Amendment. We have an entire formula that includes walking door to door to talk to people about what's really happening in the community and waking people up. We're walking door to door because you can't get past the big media. So we're like, we'll get past the big media by, by pulling a 1776. And, and I see the story of Grace, and I go, how many more, Scott? How many more don't have the voice? How many, how many don't have the time? How, how many of them don't have the hope or felt like they, it was hopeless, that they would, no one would ever hear them? How many more are there? How many more children have we lost? How many more spirits have we, have we allowed them to take from us? And I, and I think that the number is probably great. It's probably a greater number. We're just now starting to see through it. The number is, you know, I know that's a rhetorical question that you were asking, but yeah. you know, we, we've been exposed to thousands. Um, I would, I, one, one article I just recently read said that out of a million who have died in hospitals with COVID, 900,000 were preventable. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a high number, you know, and you know the national media is still covering it up, but it's out there. The stuff is out there, and it's it's certainly a high number. Um, you know, to just to switch gears one more time, you know the well, actually to stay on that path one more time and then switch gears. But you know, I, I got a, an email from a lady yesterday. You know, people get to the point, so they lost their only daughter, similar story to Grace. Um, you know, they lose hope. You know, what do you do when your your only daughter is taken away from you? Uh, so I get that. Uh, I get that idea of losing hope. And, 
you know, that is uh, a motivation to keep going because, you know, she said, you're giving us hope, you know, and having Grace's legal case be a national test case is going to give people hope. And, you know, that's, that's a big piece of this now. You know, our obligation is way bigger than, than what I thought it was going to be at the beginning. Sometimes the burden that that makes is, you know, it's a little bit much, but it's it's there and, you know, God is sustaining us. Uh, then just from, a, uh, you know, leaving on a positive note, a couple of, you know, a couple of neat things have happened. I mean, you, you know we're doing a billboard campaign and by the end of this month, we'll have 17 boards up with five different vinyls. Uh, we just changed out at the beginning of the month, which you saw it at the Epic Times. Not, not the one that was on top, but the down towards the middle of the article, they had the newest board, which, which we have. It says, uh, seek him now before he returns. His light shined through her, and light overcomes darkness, John 1, 5. Yeah, yeah thank you put it up, yeah. That. Yeah, so that's the newest the newest vinyls that are up and you know that that's a that's a message of something positive and you know to take that to the positive as far as feet on the ground we started a, a charitable foundation uh, called our amazing graces light shines on inc and we are working through a consultant to get that set up professionally right now but we did get our 501c3 status and we gave our first grant away over memorial day weekend we had met a, a dad with his down syndrome daughter who happens to be the same age as grace or she's 19 her name is angel and my we asked if there's anything we could do to help and he said that well i'd really like to get a three-wheel bike for angel and so we met them at a, a bike shop um, over memorial day weekend uh, she tried out a couple bikes. We bought her a bike. We delivered it to her house, and uh, oh, it was just fantastic. She got on that thing, and you could just see she was like there was freedom. She was free for the first time, and she, uh, one of the people who interviewed me after that, I said she went like a bat out of hell, and she said, well, her name was Angel. I think she went like a bat out of heaven, and it was just, it was wonderful. So I, I, you know, there's uh, nothing. I, I just, I, I'd like to do more of that type of thing, and we will. Well, I think that those are the things that give you just, I don't know, hope in humanity. Uh, we, we, know, we know that God wins in the end, but going through this, going through all the things that we're going through, this, the painfulness of, of this life, um, you know, I don't know. There are times that I, that I get to the place where I'm like, why? I ask the question. Why, why, God? Why? Why would you let us go through this? I mean, can't you do something about it? Can't you come down here and just push a button? <laughs> Put us all on arcs, right? Just, just clean it out, right? Give us a tsunami that just takes 70% of the water and just makes it cover 100%. Um, and, and I'm being funny because I think humor just adds to the condition of just of, of healing the heart, right? But, but, but we... And somebody just asked a question. They go, Joe, I'm, I'm really glad. I'm, I'm one of the things, I'll just read it to you. I'm really glad that you stopped for a minute and talked about something that's so important and talked about Grace's life. God bless you. And the, you know, here's another comment that says, go, Scott, go. We're all with you. We've been praying for Grace. Um, so sometimes we have to slow down and realize that it's all connected. Like all the bad things that are out there are connected so that the good people can come together and build that strength, build that shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder strength that is in God. Right? I, I got to tell you, if I wouldn't have had you on the show, 
the anger about what happened to Grace was overwhelming. I, I'm not going to lie. I had my researchers grab all the information on Gavin Shukar, and I was going to put him on blast to 1.7 million people that follow me across different platforms. Here's his number. Here's his address. <laughs> and, and I did it because you said, Joe, just take a deep breath. And I was shocked by that, by the way. Don't ever be shocked by what God does. I mean, he, he did all of that, John. I, I never miss somebody like this little sticker, Grace. Uh, and it's, I don't ever want another person to lose their best buddy like I lost my best buddy. You know, I think that I think that what this and, and this has become more of a conversation between me and you and it's but I think that the biggest thing is that what is the catalyst for us to stand up and stop this madness and, and to stop this evil in our society? When, when do we get an opportunity to save the graces of the world? When do we get an opportunity to collectively to have enough courage to realize that, that this life isn't about us? I mean, it, it's a, it's a, or well, I guess I could, you could say it's about all of us, but it's, it's about being able to have eternal life. It's, a, it's about being able to do good. It's about to, being able to live a life where you serve others. I think this life is a great test, but what is that catalyst? I mean, what, what, when are we going to get to the place where people stop saying, well, I don't want to lose my job. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to lose my pension. I don't want to lose. I mean, you see it, I, 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 and it's never about the spirit of who we are as people, God's children. And it's frustrating. But it's also redeeming, I think. I think so, too. I, uh, one of, a lady I listened to a couple of days ago, she, she was asked, what can we do? And I think it's right. Um, she said, we need, we need revelation, not revolution. And I think that's right. And I, I had uh, written down something that I'll just share, which is Grace sacrificed her life for me and for all who will hear. One of the people who, in, who learned of Grace's death and interviewed me quite a while back said, Grace died a martyr's death. I think she did die a martyr's death. Um, so she she sacrificed her life. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm awake because of Grace's death. Uh, if she would not have died, I would, you know, I, I don't know that I would be awake. Uh, and, you know, other people have woken up because of her death, and many, many, many lives have already been saved because of it. Uh, it's, you know, that's a wonderful testimony to Grace, and it's a testimony to what God uh, does uh, when, you know, when Satan uh, does something for evil, God can turn it around for good. And that's what he promises that he will do for those who believe. And he's done that in Grace's case. I've been, I've been reading, I read this book, and uh, it's, a, it's a book of biblical proportion, and it's called The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates. Have you heard of this book? I have. I spoke uh, a couple weeks ago. Matt Truella invited me to speak at his church, and I was down there. I spoke at his church. He gave me he gave me a signed copy, and so I have it sitting on my desk here. I haven't opened it up yet. He um, this book. So I've always talked about getting in the gap, like how do we protect people in our community? How do we stand between the oppressor 
and those that they want to oppress between the 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 tyrant or the person that would do harm and the intended victim and um, you know people get tired of me reading the same chapters from the same book talking about what it means um, to be in the gap but it's biblical like this book is biblical and when you when you talk about what the hospital did did to grace that they they murdered grace I mean that's that's a big statement to say that somebody murdered your daughter but as you go through this, you, you look at you, you look at consequences, and you look at how do we save, you know, how, do, how does Grace's life affect others, and how do we save other people, and how do we protect our community and protect society almost, like so protect just the people around us. And um, in this book, I'm I'm going to encourage you to read it. On Audible, by the way, if you don't read it and you just want to listen to the Audible, it's on Audible. You can listen to it as well. It takes about three and a half hours, 190 pages. It's an easy read, though. I've now read it four times. So I'm, I'm kind of hooked on reading it because <laughs> I learn more from it each time. But it talks about, and if I could read this to you, it says, how does the rule of law relate to the lesser magistrates as America and all the West crumbles because it has spurned the law of God? As the rule of law, we will be presented with an opportunity where godly lesser magistrates will need to stand in the gap. They will need to interpose for the sake of the rule of law or the sake of the people they represent and divide defy bad law. Present-day magistrates need to know of the lesser magistrate doctrines so of the conscious prods them more vigorously in their duty and responsibility in the sight of God, that they will then be prepared to act in defense of the people they represent. The people also need to understand the lesser magistrate doctrine so that when the lesser magistrates stand, they will rally around them and will not let them hang there left blowing in the wind. When the lesser magistrates act, they will be those that accuse them of anarchy and chaos because Americans have been heard the mantra that their li heard the mantra their entire lives that we are a nation of law we must respect the rule of law many may tend to believe the accusations but what if the unjust or tyrannical law has been made what are we to respect are we to respect it just because the state declares it to be the law of the land are we to passively stand by and conform western history exclaims a resounding no from thomas aquinas who declared that an unjust law is no law at all to the nuremberg trials where unquestionable obedience to man's law was soundly condemned so, so as you go through this, it gives you, it gives you um, examples of, of exactly that. It gives, you, it gives us examples of, of this. And this is your interview, not mine. So I feel like I'm, I'm just having a conversation with you about this, but you have the book. I didn't know that you went to Matthew Chihuahua's church, <laughs> which is really yeah, awkward. Because well, we, don't, we, don't, we don't go there. I mean, he invited us um, to speak about Grace's story to educate you know, he was putting his, you know, his feet are following his recommendations. He, he, he knows his biblical responsibility. These are, he's shepherding these people. And, and so here you have somebody that is, you know, we're, we only live two hours away. So he said, can you come down and, and uh, share what happened? Because you know, I, I want my, my congregation to be educated. Yeah. And, but what I find enlightening is that everyone is talking about the doctrine of the lesser magistrates right now. And by the way, Matthew spent almost 18 months over a six-year period of time in, in jail fighting for the unborn. I mean, I don't, know if you, I don't know if you knew that. And he wrote this book, 18 months, not because he did anything wrong, but because he was standing up for the unborn. He was literally blocking the entrances of abortion clinics and giving people literature to tell them that there's other ways that you can look at this, at this pregnancy other than just going in here and, and uh, killing your baby. Um, 
but he wrote this book in 2013. This, this book reads like a, you know, something that was written yesterday. You motivated me to, I mean, I, you can't imagine how much work that is going on, but I mean, you can't imagine it because you're, you're working like I am, but yeah, I got to make that a, a priority now. I mean, I have, I have the utmost respect for, uh, for Matt. Uh, you know, he was so gracious to us when we, we spoke. Um, my wife did an introduction for Grace that day, and then I spoke about Grace's case for about 30 minutes. And, then we took questions, and it was just, it was, it was fantastic. Well, I, I have to tell you, it, um, you know, I think the billboard concept that you're doing is, is amazing because it forces people to see something, to see it, to engage with it, to become curious, to understand it. And then when you go to the website, um, I've read everything from the, I've watched everything from the videos to her brother to, you know, I've, I've, I think I, I pretty much know Grace. I mean, you can get to know Grace by going to the website. Um, and uh, yeah, so, but I also can feel the great love that you and your wife and your family had for Grace. And that, um, that by itself is um, something I think is teaching people a lot as well. I think it's teaching people the power of God. It's giving people the ability to come to God, not run away from him. Well, I want to. I, I just want to say that you know, grace was easy to love. Um, so I told, I spoke at Grace's funeral. Uh, I thought God gave me a message to to talk about at Grace's funeral, and you know, I, I had said, you know, you everybody at the funeral, four hundred people came to Grace's funeral, and they were saying, oh my gosh, you guys did such a great job as a parent, and blah blah blah. And I said that you know. I, it doesn't take anything to do a great job if you have a kid like Grace. Uh, you know, she, she, you know, she was easy to love. Um, try loving the unlovable. And, you know, that's, that's where I need help. You know, Grace was, Grace was a snap. Um, but then I, I said, that, you know, and this is, you know, fairly true. I said, the only time I know that I'm loving the unlovable is when I'm sleeping. And then I'm not 100% sure. So... <laughs> You, you, uh, I, you know, you, you, you talk about uh, spending 60, 70 hours a week, you know, doing this work, you know, making sure that Grace's story um, gets out there and that people understand that it's not, it's not the exception, it's the rule, and that they're building rules around making this the way that they're going to care for people into the future. Um, and, uh, you have a foundation so you know we're at it we're at it we're at the end of the show and i want to have you back on again but i want to i want people to know where they can go contribute and participate in the foundation help you i want to know where they can can do you have volunteers do you have people in other states do, you, do are you taking speaking you are taking speaking engagements but you're taking speaking engagements through some sort of uh, firm are you doing it yourself um how can people get connected Yep, that's good. So Grace's website is ouramazinggrace.net. There will be another website once the foundation is up from a practical perspective. So the volunteers are are myself, my wife, and my daughter right now. As it would expand, we'll see where that goes. I mean, the 
you know, that it could be in all 50 states. We don't know where that goes. You know, so we just have to walk through the doors as they're, they're open up. Uh, right now, you can contribute through uh, that website I gave. There's a, a how you can help tab, and there's a give, send, go. Uh, our mailing address is there if you prefer to send a check. Anything you do um, is tax deductible because we have the 501c3 now. Um, you asked another question there, too. How do we, we have, okay, so yeah. Oh, yeah, speaking engagement. So um, we do have a full-time um, public relations director because of there's so much going on. I don't have time to do it all anymore. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still researching. I am, I've done uh, 40 interviews just in the last two and a half weeks. Um, so we have a full-time PR person. And um, so if somebody wants me to speak at their church or another event, I'm glad to do that. We don't charge anything. I just would love to do it just to get the message out. And so through the website, there's an opportunity to contact us for media events. And then, then we book those accordingly. And um, one that just happened, we were at Nurse Freedom Network in Tennessee two weeks ago. And uh, I got to... Uh, be on the same stage with Dr. Peter McCullough. He was the keynote speaker, and as God would have it, we our flights left at the same time, so I got to ride in. Their volunteers were shuttling people. I got to ride in the van with him, and I got to know him over a 45-minute conversation. That was it was very um, inspirational and motivational to me uh, to be able to to get his ear for 45 minutes. It was wonderful. Yeah, he's an amazing man. He was on the show I think a couple weeks ago. Um, all right, well, um, I'm going to give you the final word, and then uh, we'll wrap up, and then we wrap up in prayer. So I'm going to pray for you on the show, if that's okay. That I, think we did, I think we did that last time, but I'm not sure, but we're going to do it this time. We did. Uh, yeah, I remember you know, that show was pretty emotional for me. I, uh, you know, it's not that this one isn't, but there's just so much going on. I just wanted to cram it all in in the short yeah. period of time we have. Uh, so the last words, the last word that I would have is God wins, and you have a choice as to which team you want to side with. Um, I am a hundred percent certain that God wins this. You know, we're going to go through a lot of struggles, and there's virtually nothing you can do to prepare for the struggles except rely on Him. So, you know, if you think you got to run out and buy silver and gold or whatever you think you need to do, there's not nothing inherently wrong with those actions, but that is not what's going to protect you. He promises to protect us. He wins at the end. And that's the, that's the final word I have. Well, he definitely does win. And God always wins. We know how it ends. It's just making sure that we have faith and we walk in that faith and we wake as many people up in the process uh, as we possibly can. So I'm going to go ahead and pray for you. I, I do appreciate our, our listeners over at Frank's Beach um, and uh, the fact that they are keeping us on extra for this part. So um, let's pray. Father God, thank you for the opportunity we have um, Father, thank you for the opportunity we have to have Scott on and to be able to talk about grace in her life. Um, Father, thank you for Scott's spirit. Thank you for his example that he is to others. Thank you for the courage that he has and that you have supported him with. Thank you for guarding his heart and guarding his mind. 
through all this. Father, thank you for the opportunity for us to be born for such a time as this. And thank you for including us in the journey to do your will and to serve you. Father, this has been an incredibly difficult period in time for many people. The last two years have been a shock to people not just here in the U.S., but across the world. Waking up to the realization that evil is just, it's all around us. Father, I would ask that you just supernaturally protect us and, and give us the strength. Give us the strength, the courage, the stamina to stand up and continue to fight, to stand, continue to stand in the gap and do your will. Father, I would ask you to put a special hedge of protection around Scott and his wife and his family, around his heart and their minds. Father, to give them peace. And reassure them that grace is sitting right next to you. Father, I, I ask you to, to help the message that Scott is taking around the nation reach more hearts, reach more minds, to open people up and wake people up to the realization of where we're headed if we don't stand up and do your will. To have faith, but to act in that faith. Father, please bless our communities that they may also have peace. That they may recognize what's going on, but, but understand that there's something we can all do about it. That as one, we can stand up and stop the evil within our community. We know you win, Father. But just help us that we may all stand together and fight against this evil and to do the good work that needs to be done in order to make this a better world for everyone. Help us to restore God's law, your law, to our communities. Father, give our leaders the, the courage to stand up. Give them the courage to do what's right. And Father, I would ask you to just to help protect us from those that would do harm to us within our society and in our leadership. I pray for all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Fantastic, you know, I uh, I started off on fire this morning. It's been an emotional day because we were talking about the poorest among us, and we we started talked about elections being stolen and what the consequences are. You know, there's there's always consequences to people in, in government, bad leadership, and you know we usually don't trace it all the way up to the problem. We just always get to the symptom. And so I just, I see all the things that these veils that have been lifted and the things that have happened in your life and the things that you're doing, you're just contributing to kind of waking people up to the realization of everything that's going on around us. And so there are some, there are some blessings that come out of the tragedies of life. Um, but I just want to thank you for the courage and commitment that you have to carry forward and serve others. seems incredibly easy to do and I can only attribute that to, to God doing it it's it's uh, I can't get I can't work on this enough I can just you know every day I get up charging and you you, know, you just keep go 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 there's so much to do uh, I, I'm thankful to, to be used 
Well, we're here for you. If you ever need us, we're here, and we'll definitely help you. And, um, yeah, we, uh, it's going to be, it is going to be fun to see you on this journey and to see the successes that you have in serving others. It's been, it's been amazing to watch you over the last couple of weeks. So thank you. Well, thank you. I mean, it's, it's a gift to be on, on your show again. You do such a fantastic job. I, I am I'm so thankful for you. All right. Well, we're out of time, everyone. Scott, uh, thank you again. Thank you, Mr. Producer, for doing the work in there. And uh, God bless you all for listening. Scott, if you could stay on after the show, I'd really just like to talk to you after the show. Sure. That's it. I'll see you guys tomorrow morning. God bless you. If you want to watch Conservative Daily Podcast, we go live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find us live at conservative-daily.com, on Rumble, on Frank's Beach, where we go live on Lindell TV 2 at those same times, on DLive, and now on Odyssey. You can also find our episodes at brighteon.com. Make sure you also check out the link in the description to go to the Brighteon store and prepare you and your family with the awesome storable food and other products that they have there. You can find us on the audio edition at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, and everywhere else. Make sure you go and give us a five-star review and be that ambassador of truth. Share this episode with everyone who needs to hear it. Text the word FREEDOM to 89517 and we'll shoot you a text message when we're about to go live. Check out the description for our link to the daily newsletter so you get access to the fax blasts. We want to thank you for being a listener of Conservative Daily Podcast as we pursue truth and fight to restore our nation. We will continue to provide you with the most important information that the mainstream media will not show you. Now at conservative-daily.com, you have the option to become a member with us. Each membership option varies in access and discounts in regards to the ability to interact with the daily fax blasts, monthly savings, access to extra content, and interactions with the hosts and guests of the show. Go to conservative-daily.com and become a member right now for as little as $10 a month. Make sure you check out social media and find us everywhere at Conservative Daily and at Joel Oltman. We'll see you next time on Conservative Daily Podcast. It's time to do the hard work. Let's take our country back, patriots. God bless America.